Okay. Turning down my AC so it doesn't make so much noise. And we're going to be going live in a few seconds here. I'm sure we're going live. And there we are. We are live now. I still get discombobulated when I actually am live. So if you got to hear my rambling before, thanks for joining me for that ramble. My name is Michael Ian Cedar from the Gratitude Slam. And if this is your, um, if you're watching this as a replay, meaning you're not watching this live, type the words replay into the text box, just like I am now. It looks like Annette Marie was able to join the group well before uh, I was even able to type the word replay. But if you type the word replay and you're watching this as a replay, as a video, not a live thing, I'll get to respond to you and uh, shoot back some answers uh, to your responses. Good morning. This is also a reminder that this is your group. This is our group. Let's let's say it like that. It's our group. Like me, you, Ian Roberts. Good morning, uh, Roz Warren, Annette Marie's, and um, invite people into the group. Um, it's um, awesome when other Gratitude Slam members invite other Gratitude Slam members into the group. So I'm wildly appreciative and grateful for that um, because we have this really neat growing community here. Take a breath. I needed a breath. And let's slow the down. And just remind ourselves the purpose of the group. And the purpose of the group is to focus on the positive side of life and the positive side, positive side of attitude. And that is not mean, hey, let's take all of our focus and only focus on the things that are good because, you know, God forbid, there's something that feels bad. In fact, the gratitude slam, part of it is also giving homage to the emotions that are less than desirable. Um, gratitude slam is about focusing on what do I have right now? Um, what can I be appreciative for right now? Because that reprograms the brain. And as we've said before, gratitude is an attitude. Attitude is a skill. A skill is a habit and a habit can be learned. Good morning, Jennifer November. Great seeing your name in the room. If this is your first time ever playing with the Gratitude Slam on a live level or a replay level for a video, put an emoticon of an animal or something inside the text box to show you're here, you're ready to show up, you're primal, you're a lion in the forest ready to pounce. And if you've actually participated in a Gratitude Slam live or a replay, Put an emoticon like Roz Warren did of a plant or something uh, just to demonstrate um, I'm growing. And that's why I keep coming back. This is a little bit of sunshine for me. Also want to remind everybody before we go into the slam portion, uh, the uh, Gratitude Slam is hosting Life on Your Terms Cohort 2. I'm putting it inside the chat section here. Tickets as low as $40. It is a rich, limited, in-depth, uh, limited amount of people, in-depth um, scoping into the tools that we often use on the Gratitude Slam. Um, this is now the second cohort. The first one was amazing. Uh, deadline is on Sunday, so if you uh, know someone interested or if you yourself are interested, please uh, feel free to join. Ah, look at that. We've got plants growing with Jennifer and Roz and Anne and Sherry. My, one of my favorite topics, I think I say that a lot because I've got a lot of favorite topics. What are some of your favorite topics while we're just sitting there? But one of my favorite topics is this idea of sympathy versus empathy versus compassion. Sympathy versus empathy versus compassion. <sighs> Dove Barron is a fellow coach up in Canada, eh? 
uh, and he's quite remarkable. He's like the brother from another mother that I never had. And I met him a few years ago, and I was just walking down the street with him after a, a dinner that we were both invited to afterwards. And somehow this topic came up, and we were talking about, I always consider myself sympathetic until I heard his definition of these three words. So sympathy is um, when you feel the other person's pain. It's disempowering to both parties, right? Because if the other person, if you are sitting in pain and grief, and then I go to join you in that place of pain and grief, even though that pain and grief doesn't belong to me, I'm disempowering both of us, right? Because I'm unable to hold that space, as we call it here on the slam, together. And if something, by the way, resonates with you, I think I have to sneeze. So give me a second. I'm going to go sneeze over here. Thank you. Um, if you find yourself um, sympathetic, right, you can't be there for the other person and offer them any kind of support because you're just as compromised as they are. And so a lot of people say, well, I'm sympathetic. Oh, I feel so badly for the other person. I'm not saying you cannot empathize with them and understand where they're coming from. Good morning, Amanda, as well in the room. That's sympathy, though. So it's disempowering to both parties. It doesn't really help anybody. And in fact, it doesn't actually help the healing process for the other person because then there's no space being held. Thank you. Uh, for Anne, Amanda, and Jennifer. Uh, empathy is understanding where the other person's coming from. Uh, maybe even understanding, I don't know what this pain feels like. I don't know what it's like to whatever that big ticket item is for the person. Um, or even a big ticket item on the positive side. I've never won a Tony Award. I can't imagine what that's like, but oh my gosh, this is a, how it, this is a, what you want, you just sound ecstatic. So empathy is understanding the other person and being able to sit in the space with them without judgment and without trying to solve anything either, right? How many of you, how many of you have problem solving disease? If you have problem solving disease, say, PSD, problem solving disease. How to think about that one? P who's got a, a case of PSD? I get super, super, super fall into the the trap of problem solving disease, where somebody's having a really crappy moment. Their boyfriend or girlfriend or they friend break up with them, and uh, they um, and uh, you know it's like wow. Uh, you know what? You'll move on, right? I'm trying to solve the problem, which puts me in the drama triangle, which is hero, victim, or villain. That's me wanting to be the hero for the other person to offer temporary relief. And then there's compassion, where it's nice, it's empowering to the other person, because you're at least giving them the tool of you being there for them. But compassion is empathy plus action. I want you to write that one down. Compassion is empathy plus action. Hey, Kimberly Creek. Hey, Claire Lay. Great seeing your name on here as well. So compassion is about being able to help the other person. However, there's a big however. I'm writing however. However. If you are compassionate, meaning empathetic plus action, 
and you don't have permission to take the action or the action has not been wished upon or asked for or agreed to, that makes you in the drama triangle. Now, you're, now you are again trying to be a hero for the other person, possibly even villainizing the person for not taking my advice to begin with or constantly hurting yourself, right? And so now I'm villainizing you. So if you are compassionate without the request or support or desire from the other person, then you are actually doing more harm than good. Yeah, compassion is empathy plus action, but the action must be called on. And that's where a lot of us mess up with the PSD, problem-solving disease. Oh, okay, you want my help? No, I never asked for your help. It's almost like when somebody has someone pass in their life and someone else says, well, it was God's will. I understand they're trying to be compassionate by solving the problem, but at the end of the day, unless the person requested spiritual guidance and asked for that, you're just doing more harm. So I have a question for you. I want you to just name, and you don't have to be specific, a time where we were sympathetic towards someone, where they were in some form of emotional grieving or pain, and you went there with them when it didn't belong to you in the first place. Uh, I'm totally riffing here, and so type your answers here. So I'm thinking here, um, oh, in my early management days when I used to produce dance competitions and somebody would lose and they were really upset and poopy pants McGee that they didn't um, win and they felt devastated, I would go to that devastated place with them. That shiznizzle doesn't belong to me. I really have not, I don't know the dancers. I don't know the children or the parents. Now, so I got sympathetic and I wasn't able to, I was disempowering. I couldn't help the studio director sit in their grief because I took it on. And then I was useless to my staff. I was useless for the rest of the weekend uh, at the events, things like that. So I want you to type out a time where you were sympathetic. You don't have to get too descript. Let's, let's do some laser speaking here. Speak briefly. What's a time you got sympathetic in your lifetime where you were not helping the other person and you didn't help yourself? Now, maybe the pain did belong to you, so that's not a situation that, it's, that I'm referring to. Like, maybe a family member did pass and you have to grieve as well, all right? So that doesn't count as sympathetic because you are actually in that moment as well. So, Roz, you found a sympathetic moment when you were with your husband's father, right? And what was that like for you? I'd love for you to say, to be sympathetic, how were you for him, you know? If, you know and maybe it did belong to you, some of that pain as well. Now I want to pick a time, where's a time you've been empathetic, where you were actually supportive of the other person just by holding space? Um, I'll take some areas now. I've been talking to a lot of people who have lost their businesses, their businesses have been devastated, and I do. I actually have great empathy for them, and I want to go sympathetic and sit in their pain with them, but I can't help them with that, especially as a coach, right? can't help them with that. And so a time that I'm empathetic is when I'm um, able to listen and talk and say what it's like and you know where are you with all of this and what do you think's next and how do you feel and um, how do you think this is going to impact you moving forward right so I'm not being compassionate in the sense of I'm offering solutions but I'm just letting them know I'm there and not judging them for how they've gotten to that place to begin with so Ann Roberts, friends with her divorce. Yeah, when I went through a divorce, uh, PL, right, pre-Lauren, um, to my first wife, 
there were six other friends going through divorce and so I would get sympathetic with them and man that just sucked and Nat Marie when your mother-in-law's new boyfriend broke up with her yeah to get sympathetic and it doesn't help because we want and we want to feel good for the other person so I'm not taking that away and the reason I think this is an important exercise for us to do here when's the time you were sympathetic when's the time you're empathetic um, is because if we can spot it we can shift it if we find ourselves getting sympathetic it's why you'll never get a sympathy card from me but you will always get empathy cards from me you will sometimes get compassion cards from me as well yeah, during pandemic with other friends and families. So compassion now. When's the time you were compassionate? Meaning you were empathetic, but the person wanted assistance. So it's fun because as a, as a leadership and life coach, I get to be uh, compassionate on a regular basis. People come to me saying, I'm in pain or discomfort. Can you help? And then I go, yes, I can. These are the ways I can offer you help. And I get to do it professionally. It's super cool. But not only professionally. I, as many of you have experienced before, I'll take your phone calls no matter what because I want to be able to offer you compassion or sometimes just empathy if that's all you want. So when's the time you've been able to be empathetic? Put that down. Empathetic with the same friend after you realize she just needed to be listened to, right? So good, right? So the compassionate moment was just simply listening. It's probably a little bit on the empathetic side where you're just listening, but maybe the tool they needed was to just be heard. Compassion when your husband, when your when his sick mom and sister were sick. Yeah, good. There's some great action you were able to have. You know a compassionate thing I saw today um, downstairs in the office? Um, the doormen don't have a chair. They stand the entire time, but they stand for extremely long hours. And I saw the gentleman, uh, Ramers his name, setting up a look like a, a unipod for a camera i said what's that he goes oh it's a collapsible single chair and it was like just this pod one thing with a chair and he said my wife got it for me after coming home and you know complaining about uh how i stand for such long hours and it's like this invisible thing that you look like you're standing when you're sitting and it, it collapses very quickly and i said wow that's love isn't it that's compassion right the wife understood the pain and did something for him i guess on his request in one way or another all right everybody let's go through let's start let's center ourselves let's take a breath in take a breath out and a reminder if you're watching this as a replay i'd love for you to put down your responses this is an opt-in experience you can just watch if you'd like but i really love it when you uh, respond because i can respond back so let's do a three-dot exercise. Let's take all of our attention. The kids might be in the background throwing their pancakes on the floor, but let's just put three dots on the chat box in silence. And we're doing that just as a reminder that um, we have control to focus ourselves whenever we want. We have complete control to just go, just one thing. Let me just focus on one thing. Let me just... Feel the texture of this desk. Let me spot how many sounds I can hear. Or simply, let me hit the dots three times. And put all of our attention there as our re-centering opportunity. And let's start our, 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 our centering thought. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. 
I'm so grateful to anyone, anything, anywhere, any who. Wake up your neighbors, wake up the person next to you, wake up your sleeping kitty or dog or hedgehog. Type it out three times. I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful. And even if you're feeling like a little poopy pants crap McGee today, let's do it anyways because this is our practice time. And the more we can uh, just practice with this word gratitude, grateful, I am so grateful, I am so grateful, I am so grateful, we're going to be able to call on it before we need it. And remember, gratitude isn't making pain go away. It's just recognizing while I'm in this pain, here's what I have. Here's the launch pad I can launch from right now. Now, I want you to name something you're grateful for where someone offered empathy or compassion to you. So, uh, and I want you to take the time to write, I am grateful for. So give me one thing. I'm grateful for um, Lauren. I remember uh, when we first met and I was touring relentlessly. She's not, cooking's not her jam, uh, it's my jam. Uh, but I just had a stretch of tours of speaking engagements and she made me dinner. And it actually was pretty good, but I remember that was compassion. She's like, hey, you've had a really busy two, three weeks. Let me make you dinner. That, I still remember that to this day. So I want you to list something I'm grateful for, something where someone was compassionate for you. And now I want you to put down something where you are grateful where you got to be compassionate for somebody else. Wildly grateful that I can be super compassionate to the members of the Life on Your Terms program that I've been doing, uh, responding to emails and answering questions that they have. It's, it's just the greatest gift in the world to be able to literally do that in this really neat, scaled way. Uh, I'm grateful that people trust me with my voice for to, to, to be able to allow me to be compassionate as well because you got to ask for that. And compassion requires some level of trust. Let's read what some other people said. Erica Warner would love to hear what you have to say. Sherry Tomasello, grateful for the flexibility of your clients. Right. So when you say the flexibility, is that that they're compassionate with you or is that just a standard gratitude thing? Uh, that you can be compassionate or empathetic with them? Or, or you're saying they're flexible, so they're empathetic towards you. They're like, hey, we in this boat. And now I want you to give me one thing, because I want three different things. So one thing you're grateful for where someone was empathetic or compassionate towards you. One thing you're grateful for where you were empathetic or compassionate towards another and it felt good to you. And one place, just one thing you're grateful for that could be easily overlooked in life in general. It doesn't have to do with sympathy, empathy, or compassion. So I'm grateful for this building staff in this office building. I mean, man, while COVID went on, they still showed the F up and just super grateful for their service to the building. Yes, it's their job, but I never saw them down or poopy pants or anything like that. Ann Roberts, uh, uh, Annette says, uh, grateful clients that are sticking with you through the pandemic, beautiful. Ann Roberts, grateful for your husband washing the bed sheets, bedding so that you can come home to, ah, ah, it's not the best when you had a long weekend on the road and you're SO, as they would say, you're so uh, clean bed sheets, comfy bed sheets. Ah, so great. Lauren and I call them the flamingos. We have flamingo bed sheets. Um, and so she will, after a long weekend, say, I've cleaned the flamingos. You're going to sleep on fresh flamingos tonight. And uh, that's so fun. 
And yes, I know it's flamingo. We call them flamingos because we're adults and we can. Um, Erica Warner, grateful in your darkest days of depression and addiction when parents were there. Yeah, isn't that great? And number one, thank you for just sharing that with the group. That's a very vulnerable thing. That's some, as they would say, Brene Brown shit. Yeah, so thank you for that, Erica. Grateful for husbands, grateful for friends, grateful for nieces, grateful for essential workers, grateful for supply of toilet papers in the closet, grateful that your husband fixed your Apple Watch, grateful, right, so all these things. The days are not going to be perfect because they're designed to be imperfect. Remember, say that again. Days are designed to be imperfect. Uh, Amanda, grateful for people letting you not be more strong than stoic than I, just by lightening the load. I don't fully follow the statement, but I'm with you, girlfriend. All right. Let's see how in today's slam with the word service, meaning to be of service, to be of service by listening, to be of service by being compassionate, to be of service by being of service, cleaning the flamangos, fresh flamangos, or just being of service. I hope I'm of service to you here right now. Take a breath together. Take a breath out. And again, if you're watching this replay, there's something mighty rich about today's replay. So take a breath in, take a breath out. And um, I, you know I love to ask this question because we all get to learn through your eyes now. What is your nugget from this moment? What's your diamond? What are you walking out of this 21 minutes experiencing what are you going to be able to walk out the room with where you have maybe a new bit of knowledge or just gratification or edification? And by the way, if someone said something that you really liked or appreciated or respected, go back and like or love them. Show compassion or empathy towards what they said. Um, even if you, uh, when this is over, you go back and just like some of the things people said because it resonated with you. And that's uh, Marie's fish was swimming upside down. Grateful that someone posted a video on how to resolve that problem. Eating the fresh one pea? Huh! Erica, I needed you during this 21 minutes. So super grateful. And while you type your answers again, and Erica, I actually think because of some of your responses that you've um, put in here, this might be something interesting. But I'm, I mean this for everyone. I'm just not trying to sell it. You can see it has a low entry point anyways. Uh, again, this is the Life on Your Terms Cohort 2. Cohort 1 was well beyond anything of my imagination or my dreams. I mean, it, it was just so surreal. I found my place. <laughs> um, but feel free, that starts in two weeks, I think. July 7th is the first date of that. And let me read some of the things. So Annette Marie, I fully understand the difference between empathy, compassion, and sympathy, great. Nice reminder, compassion is empathy plus action. Again, uh, Ann Roberts, if the other person wants the action, otherwise you put yourself as we would say, with the light switch off in the drama triangle, which is victim, villain, hero. And you're being a hero when someone didn't ask for a hero to show up to begin with. So I'd love to hear, because again, if you put down something that you're getting from today's experience in the Gratitude Slam, someone else might read it and go, huh. I'm grateful you made sure a dog in the neighborhood got safely to the owner. Ah, oh, that's super sweet. 
And you might be typing out something that you got from today, but let's get the peace out rolling. And again, I remind you, feel free to invite people into the Gratitude Slam. Because uh, as this group grows in numbers of organic people who wish to truly show up for themselves and others, we just learn from each other more. We grow stronger together. It's a community. And right now, isn't community super freaking cool? So please help me build the community because... Um, our communities have shifted and changed and they look different and we don't get the same physical touch. I went to the chiropractor today because I love chiropractors and he touched my wrist and it was like, oh my God, physical touch from a stranger. Like, wow, that was neat. Peace out, Roland. Let's keep going. Erica Warner says, always hear something wonderful and useful. Glad to hear that. Uh, Roz, feeling the subtle differences. Yeah, there are nuances of those three words. And yes, Roz, you love those words. Uh, yes, and you can be sympathetic, compassionate, empathetic all at the same time. Absolutely. Thanks for showing up today for yourselves. And if you show up for yourselves, that just means you're showing up for somebody else. Much love to you all. And peace out, Roland. <laughs>